Welcome to Interchain FM, where we dive into the frontier of the blockchain space. We're now in the third generation of blockchain tech, where a burgeoning multi-chain ecosystem is about to explode into what we call the decentralized web. Where Ethereum is to the mainframe computing era of the internet, Cosmos is to the PC era. If you're seeking alpha in the Cosmos ecosystem, look no further. This is the destination for your exponential learning experience. Interchain FM is where you can get the download on all of the high signal projects, building bridges to one another, and how you can participate in the future of the internet. Today, we're talking with Joseph Alshami, who recently joined Celestia. He was on our previous podcast with The Graph. He was working on at Figment Network, and now he's working on a new software development tool called Roll Kit at Celestia. Welcome to the show, Joseph. Hey, Tanka. Happy to be here again. Thank you for coming on. And if you haven't guessed already, this is going to be a highly technical podcast. So if you are a developer looking for new avenues to build your decentralized app, you should listen to this one. Before we dive into what Rollkit is, Joseph, could you explain to our listeners where Rollkit fits into the broad scheme of things with respect to Celestia architecture? So, you know, Rollkit is a model framework for rollups. And what that means is like you can use Rollkit to deploy your own rollup. And more like specifically, Rollkit is providing you a node, which is like a sequencer node that you can use to publish and post data on Celestia. I think people are a little bit familiar with Celestia's, and if they're not, I'm going to quickly touch base on it as well. So Celestia is like what, the first modular blockchain, and it's a modular blockchain, meaning it outsources one of the layers that blockchains usually have to somewhere else, right? So like usually blockchains have three or four layers. Sometimes people say it's three layers. Sometimes people say it's four layers. So usually it's consensus, execution, maybe settlement, and data availability. So a modular blockchain is a blockchain that outsources one of these layers, right? And so Celestia outsourced the execution and focuses entirely on consensus and on their availability. And that's like the specialty and the optimization of Celestia is consensus and their availability. And so what that means is the execution is outsourced to another layer or to someone else, right? And this is where rollup, execution environments uh, comes in into the play with Celestia so that other applications could be built and use these type of frameworks, execution environments, to create their own applications and then would leverage Celestia to post, publish the data on Celestia and derive consensus from Celestia. So that's kind of. We have done an initial interview with Mustafa and Ishmael over a year ago on Celestia and the content there is still evergreen despite Celestia overhauling some designs, though um, the overall architecture still remains relevant. So you should watch that episode if you haven't already. The way that I think of Celestia is it's a middle ground between Ethereum 2.0 with rollups and Cosmos Interchain Security. It further modularizes the entire stack, whereby now you could have application-specific rollups instead of just application-specific blockchains or generalize layer two rollups on top of Ethereum. Now the paradigm is to launch a generalized execution environment with, you know, one sequencer that you basically need to trust on that rollup. And then it uses Ethereum as a DA layer. But then here with Rollkit, I imagine 
you'd be able to launch your application specific rollup, not as a chain, and then outsource the security bootstrapping needs to Celestia as a DA layer or any other base layer as you please. That's like a good way to look at it. And when you look at the Ethereum ecosystem right now and then the Cosmos ecosystem, and then when you look a little bit at the vision and the problems that they are each facing, and then you look at like what Celestia is doing, you can see that in some way, like how I personally see it is that the problems developers are facing when they were building on Ethereum using smart contracts as monolithic L1, and then the problems that they are facing building in the Cosmos ecosystem, deploying their applications as, as L1s. So these two set of problems, when you mix them together, you get like, let's say one bigger set of problems. And I think right now, Celestia and what we're working on, Rollkit, when you put them together, solve this set of problems that are created by either building applications using smart contracts on monolithic L1s or by deploying your applications as their own blockchains. And if you want, I'm not like 100% sure how to go about it. If you have like questions for if you want to dive deeper into it, like uh, next, but if you want something we can do is that we can talk about like what problems are Rocket solving. We can take a step back and see like the problems that developers, they usually meet when they're building on top using like applications, using smart contracts on Ethereum. And then the problems that they are facing when they're deploying their applications as blockchains in Cosmos. And I could, you know, like a little bit explain how Rocket is kind of like solving these two problems jointly. Sure. Yeah, that's helpful. When we think about Rollkit and we think about like the short definition of Rollkit, we can say that Rollkit is like a modular framework for Rollup, right? And then what that means is Rollkit help you, like it's providing a framework that for developers that they could easily use and leverage to build a Rollup. Now, when we take a step back and ask like, why do we need it? Why do we need Rollkit? Why do we need this framework for Rollups? And the reason why to understand why we need Rollkit is we need to take a step back and understand like the problems that developers are facing. So the first one we could see is that when developers are building their applications using smart contracts on Ethereum, the first problem that they run into that like everyone is super familiar with is scalability, right? So you're basically, your applications is competing to using the same shared resources with other applications. Everyone are using the same finite set of resources. So everyone is competing around the same finite set of resources. So, and from here, scalability could be an issue, especially for builders that are, have like in mind that they want to build applications for maybe a million of users. So that's kind of like the first problem you run into is scalability. Now, the second problem that you would run into as builders is that there's no actual a lot of flexibility and customizability on how you can build your application using this type of like smart contracts directly on monolithic L1. And if you think about it, that's like a little bit uh, sad and really tragic that you know, like programmers and developers, when they access their computers and they can build whatever they want, usually in real life, right? And then suddenly they're coming here and they want to build applications and they want to design and build stuff. And suddenly there's like this set of constraints that's telling them, you know, like you can just build it using that way. You cannot do this type of modification. And that is kind of like stiffing the innovation in my point of view. It's like similar to in the dark ages when, you know, like science was controlled and what scientists could build and think about and innovate and do the breakthroughs were like determined by a certain small number of people, right? And then there was some kind of like revolution, scientific revolution. They said like, we want to do whatever we want. We want to work on whatever we want. And then you can see like a lot of breakthroughs and innovation coming from this area. And I think it's kind of similar right now. They're coming, everything is new. So there's like some kind of predefined tools that they could use to build. It was good at the, at the beginning, right? Because everything is being created like right now, it's new, but like, if we want to move to the next phase where we want to have a lot of innovation, we need to like break these kind of constraints and limitations. And developers are well aware of it. So that's kind of like the problems that you are facing 
when you're building uh, using smart contracts on monolithical one, scalability, customizability, flexibility. And one of them is also sovereignty. You can't really be sovereign in that case. But sometimes sovereignty is important for some communities, for other communities, not important. So developers face with these problems, they're going to say, okay, what are our options? What can we do, right? And someone could say, okay, maybe the app chain thesis is the answer to this problem. You can go and deploy your own, uh, your own applications as layer ones. And you can use something like Cosmos as they came. In some way, it's true, right? Like actually building your applications as at once actually solve the scalability, customizability, flexibility, and sovereignty issue. You get all of those when you're building your own layer one. But the question now is usually when you remove one set of constraints, you find yourself with another set of constraints. And the best thing that you can hope for is, okay, I'm removing the set of constraints, but I hope that the new set of constraints is smaller or something that is more managed, right? So that's what you would hope for. When you're using now the Cosmos SDK, the set of constraints that you're running into is a different type and one of overhead. And it's actually created by having to secure your own network. So what it means, we're asking you to deploy your applications, your own chain. So you need to bootstrap an entire validator set. You need to create a network. You need to start managing this network, you know, peer-to-peer networks. And then you have to bootstrap security. And to bootstrap security, you have to have a token. Your token has to have value. And suddenly, you start realizing that if the builders and developers want to quickly build application, that's not scalable. You're literally asking them to increase the overhead, to increase the time, to increase the cost and responsibilities that they need to actually launch, launch their applications. And so now the set of constraints is they don't have shared security directly out of the box. And if they want to bootstrap security, it's costing them a lot of resources, making them like slower to get their products to market and higher cost. And that's also like very hard constraint, right? Like not everyone has the capabilities to actually bootstrap like a quality set of validators. And I'm sure that you are well aware of that is finding quality validators to participate and secure in the network. That's not an easy task to do. And the other problem is that, do you think that is going to be scalable? Like this vision could be scalable to if like there's 1 million app chains. Are we going to be able to find like this amount of uh, validators, quality validators that they could actually secure all these chains? I don't think so. So when you put these two problems together is that on one side, you're sacrificing maybe scalability, maybe you're sacrificing customizability and uh, flexibility, sovereignty. On the other one, security, time to market, cost to market, and the high overhead that you get. So what we are hoping for is that we are removing these constraints and probably we're going to introduce a new set of constraints. Hopefully it's like smaller. And how we do it is that we are saying, okay, we're going to, the answer is not to deploy your applications as an L1. The answer is to deploy your applications using rollups. Why is that? When you think about why we want rollups is that you can, a rollup by definition actually is a blockchain that posts its blocks into another blockchain, right? So you can think about like you have Celestia here and then you have rollups like vertically posting their blocks on Celestia. And what you get by doing that is the first thing you get directly is shared security. So rollups, they're posting their blocks on Celestia chain, which the Celestia validators now, including them in Celestia blocks. So you can get out of the box from Celestia security. Now, the second thing is the rollups are publishing their blocks into specialized layer ones like Celestia. Their entire technology is specialized how you can increase the scalability and like solve the scalability problem and create like abundant blocks. And so you can also get scalability from the Celestia network. The third thing is that that flexibility and customizability, you still get it because you are, as the, the builder and developers, deciding how you want to build your rollup. You have like the complete control over how you customize and build your rollup, right? 
And then because we removed the bottleneck and the burden of security, what it means is now you don't have to bootstrap this entire validator set, and so you can cut the cost and time that you need to get your products to market. And the last one is we at Rocket working on a solution that you can build your app as sovereign or non-sovereign app. So you got to decide if you want it to be sovereign or not. And so that's how we get to security, scalability, flexibility, sovereignty, and reduce time to market. Can you clarify what you mean by a rollup can be sovereign or not? You could opt out of using Celestia for consensus. Is that what you mean? Not entirely. What I mean, like you can build a non-sovereign rollup. So maybe like we can clarify what is a sovereign rollup, right? Or maybe we can even say like how a rollup could be sovereign on Celestia, right? So Celestia is not responsible of, let's say, determining the state of your rollup, right? This is like in the hands and control of the rollup networks, the P2P and, and network. And so if the rollup network decided to fork, they could fork without the permission of Celestia. So they could decide that, you know, something happened in the rollup and they need to change the state and need to fork the chain and they could do it without the permission of Celestia. So that's why they are sovereign versus if they were on a monolithic L1, they cannot necessarily fork the state of their rollup without convincing the entire community of this chain to fork as well. So that's how you can be a sovereign rollup on top of Celestia. Now, Rollkit allows you to either deploy your sovereign rollup, meaning that the rollup is responsible of the consensus, responsible of posting the blocks and settling, let's say, disputes, whether it's optimistic or ZK uh, proofs. So that's how they could be sovereign. Or another rollup could deploy on top of another settlement layer and use the settlement layer for settling the proofs and, and publishing. The rollup could still publish the data on Celestia, but they could build on top of another settlement layer. And that's how they could, let's say, become non-sovereign. That actually sounds like Eclipse. I interviewed them a week ago, and we are going to publish that interview next week. So stay tuned for that. Let me ask you, Joseph, which set of application developers is Rollkit most suited for? Is it for DAP developers who haven't yet launched anything and want to bootstrap their security immediately out of the box? Or could it be a project that has already launched an app chain or dap on another chain and deploy mm-hmm. an outpost on Celestia? That's a great question. I think you can say, you can argue for both cases. So like Rollkit is inspired a lot by the Cosmos SDK and reused a lot of the Cosmos SDK stack, like mainly ABCI. We use a lot of the ABCI in our stack. And so you can say that the first version of, of Rollkit before we start working on the abstraction could be targeted as someone who is like familiar with the Cosmos SDK or someone who wants to build with the Cosmos SDK stack. And so the first question was, is it like builders who want to start or like in an existing L1 that could migrate using Rocket? And I would say both. So the first for the first type, for these users or builders that they want to use Rocket, of course, Rocket's going to help them create their applications, create their app chains or whatever they want to need. We're going to customize it in a way that they could be used in different ways, but it's going to help them to directly be able to directly bootstrap their own applications with like minimal time and cost to get their applications to market. So that's kind of like the first one. Now, the second one, which is like more interesting use case is, as you said, like, can we have existing L1s become rollups using Rocket? And I think that's like a very valid go-to-market strategy. And I think you can almost see something happening right now, like in the space, is that you have a lot of L1s that currently are, are facing a lot of problems to stay kind of like alive, let's say as, as an L1 chain, right? 
So they need to keep bootstrapping the security, but adoption of this chain maybe is like not as high as they could secure the chain. And so they run a lot of problems from having to really manage a network and manage security. And so maybe they could benefit a lot by just abstracting the security and deploy as a rollup and leverage security directly. And I feel that there's a lot of chains who are relatively small chains that doesn't really benefit from having their own chains, but maybe they want to be sovereign, right? Maybe that's why they decided to become an L1 chain from the first place because they wanted to be sovereign, but they are like relatively small to medium community or medium chain. I think these type of chains could like, we can see them in the future using Rocket and deploying as a rollup on top of DA layers. If I'm Mars Protocol or Osmosis, how would I stand to benefit by deploying another instance of my application on Celestia? For Osmosis, Osmosis as a chain is like a very big, successful, and it has like a very big community. So like I doubt it, Osmosis is not staying as its own L1. They're really like a very big and successful chain in the Cosmos ecosystem. So I don't see why they would right now benefit from deploying as a rollup. But the other thing is that we are working also on some kind of IBC integration. So there's going to be like a certain IBC connection maybe in the future to the Cosmos ecosystem. And so someone like a rollup could bridge tokens or they could bridge assets through like as normally in the Cosmos ecosystem. And you alluded to ABCI compatibility. Can you just explain what that means? If we're able to decouple the execution environment from the base layer using ABCI, what I assume you call your data availability interface, how could people potentially plug and play different DA layers? Plugging different DA layers doesn't happen on the ABCI level. It happens more on the rocket level. Let's take a step back in, in the like Cosmos stack. You had Tendermint, which is the consensus engine. And then you had the application SDK on top. And ABCI was created. So any type of language or like application, they could tap in and use Tendermint as a consensus engine, right? And what that means is that let's say you're building your application with language X, you can wrap the ABCI in this X language and that your application could become compatible with the ABCI. And since the ABCI is compatible with Tendermint as a consensus engine, now what happens is that your application could directly leverage Tendermint as a consensus engine. So what we're doing in our case, we're removing Tendermint and we're replacing Tendermint by Rollkit. And so Rollkit is providing you a sequencer, right? Right now it's a centralized sequencer and the future is going to be decentralized sequencer. And those sequencers are responsible of creating blocks and posting these blocks on the DA layer. And so what happens is that, so ABCI right now is compatible with Rollkit. And so applications could come, same as before in the Cosmos SDK chain, they could write their application in whatever language they want. They could wrap the ABCI with this language. And now they could use Rollkit for the sequencer software. And now in the, sequ- in the Rollkit sequencer software, something called the A package, and this is where you determine the sequencer connection to the DA layer. And so you can say to the sequencer connect to Celestia, or you can say to the sequencer connect to another DA layer. Is it true that you could continue to use Cosmos SDK or Cosmwasm and have that work with Rollkit as a middle layer and then plug it into either Tendermint Consensus or Celestia? 
that's entirely true. Cousin Muslim is not yet implemented, something that we are looking into. We might do it in the future, but Cosmos SDK, yeah, entirely. So Cosmos SDK is compatible with the IDCI, which is compatible with Rollkit. So you can build your application using that. All this flow is working perfectly. And right now, Rollkit is posting its blog by default to Celestia, but we also created this package. So if there are another DA layer, data availability layer that you want to plug your rollup into, you can also use it and publish your data there. And this is something really big and very important for Rocket and Boss Celeste for us to be able to do it. So when we announced Rocket two days ago in our blog announcement, there was like an entire paragraph dedicated to how Rocket is becoming independent. And I think that's like something so important for us people to understand is that when Celestia started working on, on Rollkit back in the days, no one was building this general purpose rollup framework. And, you know, Rollkit or this framework is like really important for the Celestia ecosystem to flourish. So that's why like Celestia started working on it. But now, as you mentioned previously, and when we were talking, you mentioned that you had an interview with Eclipse that's coming soon. And so Eclipse themselves and other teams, they are also building rollup frameworks. And so now that there is like multiple frameworks, Celestia wanted to be independent of Rollkit because Celestia wants to stay incredibly neutral and you know, like empower all developers and all builders that are building different frameworks to succeed. And so that's why Rollkit was separated from the Celestia brand. And now Rollkit has its own GitHub org and its own website. And that's why also Rollkit is including the ability to connect to other data availability layers, as you were saying. So it's not just to Celestia because we want to make sure that we are public good we are credibly neutral and we are independent of Celestia. So that's why Rocket will allow you to connect to other data layers. And same way around, Celestia wants to stay credibly neutral and independent of Rocket. So that's why Celestia is also fostering a community, empowering all the other communities that are building product framework as well. Could that be a Trojan horse to get greater <laughs> Celestia adoption? Is Rollkit limited to only IBC compatible chains or... Is it also relevant to EVM chains such that if you're a ZK EVM or Optimism, that it could be forked over into a roll kit? Eventually, yeah. But like on the Trojan horse, we're doing everything in the public, right? So we are open source. Everything that we're working on, everyone could see directly in the, out of the open. So we can't be a Trojan horse. <laughs> we're working in the public, in the open. You can think about Rocket to use it from like the Cosmos SDK stuff, but maybe you are much more well aware of that of me, is that in the Cosmos uh, ecosystem, some people created the Ethermed and created instances of the EVM, right? And that's like also ABCI compatible and also like compatible with the Cosmos stack. So you can also use it with Rocket. And that's something that someone already did. I think Josh, one uh, of our DevRel, created uh, a GM world tutorial. So you can post your GM, like a rollup that is posting GM using the Ethernet. <laughs> Good morning, world. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a GM chain. Maybe some version of in. Hello World. Right, exactly. So instead of Hello World tutorial, GM World tutorial, very, um, very us, right? And so you can definitely do that. And the other thing is that you can do, as we said, like if you are able to wrap the ABCI, you can do whatever you want. And another one of our devrels, his name is Diego, what he did, he just launched a blog post about it, I think, and he tweeted about it. He took that Fuel VM and he was able to make it work with the ABCI and Rollkit. They are really showing that you can almost do whatever you want, like any type of VM, wrap it with the ABCI and, mm -hmm. you know, like, and you can connect it to Rollkit. 
actually with Eclipse, they're pulling in the Solana VM and the Neon VM, which is Solana's EVM, as well as the Near VM, I believe. So that's already being built. Does this lend itself to further interoperability of the space with Celestia as a the central piece of providing DA? Yeah, you can definitely think about it that way, right? You know, like it's it makes us happy to see this type of things happening. So like if we are seeing other people creating these different type of frameworks and, you know, focusing on different type of VMs or execution environments, we would be like much more than happy to see it coming. Because as we said at the beginning, you know, like when we said that before, you know, scientists were constrained and, you know, like didn't have much customizability or flexibility to do whatever they want. That's something that we want to want. We want to bootstrap innovation. We want really developers to come and do whatever they want. And so if people are coming and deploying their Solana VM and their Ethereum VM, Fuel VM, Move VM, whatever, we would be happy to see it because each VM provides certain features or something that speaks to a certain type of developers. And in a certain way, it's also showing the neutrality of Celestia and how incredible it is that the DA layer is kind of like, the DA layer doesn't care about what's happening on the above, right? You can do whatever you want. You can create whatever type of VM you want and you can post it there on, on Celestia and Celestia wouldn't really care about, you know, what's happening above. Does this remind you of how, if you're extrapolating to how people use different social applications today and how each of them has their different edge, for example, Twitter is has its edge of talking about politics and having a space for crypto Twitter and YouTube is for long form video content and Snapchat is for photo messaging. That kind of edge needs to be said in competitive world. So it seems like the different VMs now is where the competitive landscape sits instead of over the consensus landscape. Yeah, you know, that's a valid way to put it. And, and especially because the execution and the consensus was tightly coupled in the past, right? So like, if you're looking at the AVM, the AVM was tightly coupled before to the, the same chain that is having the data availability that the consensus together, they were kind of coupled. But now the question is that you are referring to what's going to happen once like these two decoupled, once like a chain could be completely used just for the layer, and you have like the VM completely decoupled. And the question would be, is the world going to be like, which VM has the most network effect and the most usage, or is it more like around the consensus and the DA layer? I think there's going to be both, right? Of course, like I would see it as, you know, like the VM, as you said, maybe like it's Twitter or LinkedIn or other applications. And then Celestia would be where Twitter is posting their data. Is it like Amazon or different cloud providers? So there's going to be some kind of competition around like which cloud provider you're using the same way that users are directly using an application, which is the VM. It almost seems obvious to me that where all the energy is flowing, it's not going to focus on the consensus layer because at the end of the day, we're able to build like clients that can speak the consensus of incompatible base layers like Ethereum and Tendermint. And it almost seems like that's going to be abstracted away. What people are really looking for is what the different virtual machines can offer them, whether if they're looking for high throughput or zero knowledge or whatever. Right. So that's also like very valid, but I will add to it that they would care about which data availability or consensus layer they're using. 
And that's simply right now, simply for the guarantees that you get by running your light client, right? So if you're running a light client, let's say now on a chain that doesn't have or doesn't do data availability sampling, your light client isn't actually secure. So true, you're running a light client that could somehow query what is like my state, or let's say I'm, I'm going to abstract the conversation to, let's say I'm a user, okay? So let's say I'm a user, I'm using this application, and in this application, I could see my balance and the balance is provided by a light client. So the light client is querying what is Joseph balance and it's showing you. Before Celestia, before the data availability sampling, this light client is not secured. This light client could be tricked. It could be given a certain different type of information or data, or I could be given a different balance and I wouldn't even be able to verify and know it unless I'm connected to another full node that is honest and I'm gossiping with it. So before light clients are not secure. But once we are introducing that light clients could do data availability sampling, meaning light clients could start having the same security guarantees as full nodes. Now, as a user, I would care about it. I would care that it's true. I want to run a wallet on my phone, but I want this wallet to be 100% secured by a light client that is like have the same guarantees as full node that knows what is the correct state of the chains, that knows if something bad happened or illicit it's going to be able to follow like the real chain or if it's worked, right? Versus I wouldn't want to use an application that's providing me my balance running by light node that could be tricked. So is it true that because of the lightweight properties of Celestia that you can run a light client on your phone? That's like the vision and that's what's being right now being done. And I think Mustafa ran light node on his Android phone at some point. And yeah, so like these light nodes are super, super, super light to run. They're not like full nodes. Full nodes are very computational heavy. They need a lot Mm -hmm. of resources. Light nodes are like, they require the minimum resources. And so these light nodes, they could do data availability sampling. And that's how you can start getting the security guarantees of, of running a full node. And now the question is, like imagine that you had one light client doing the entire network, the data availability sampling, that wouldn't be helpful, right? It won't work. But as more people are joining the network and as more people are running the light clients, the data availability sampling starts scale. And now you can start having like more and more security guarantees. So you need a certain number of light clients to be running in order to have this type of like security guarantees. And that's how you can get to enjoy the full node security guarantees. And that's how you can ensure that what these light clients are running is still minimal and they're doing the most minimal computation possible. So as more light clients join the network, as that network becomes more scalable. Crypto God asks, what makes Celestia different from other modular chains? Are there other modular blockchain designs? From what I understand, Celestia is pushing the boundaries on that front. Yeah, so Celestia is the first modular blockchain. And I'm not super aware of like the other modular blockchains. But there is definitely blockchains claiming that they are modular, but they're not. And I would say, like, we are definitely the first. And you also have Dimension with a Y as one of the applications that's leveraging this model, right? They also claim that they're a modular blockchain, but from what I understand, that they use Celestia. I'm not sure. Who's, who are you referring to? Dimension, D-Y-M-E-N-S-I-O-N. Oh. Yeah, Dimension. Dimension is, like, an interesting design, what they're doing. So I think, yeah, they are uh, modular. They have like their own settlement and execution layer and they're using the uh, Celestia as data availability. So yeah, I think they are modular. From what I understand and what I've seen across the industry, this is the first where 
you're properly abstracting away the execution environment and the consensus and DA layers. This was what Tendermint was promising in 2017. Remember, we said that, oh, ABCI is there for you to swap out the consensus layer. And then Polkadot followed suit and said, okay, well, we're going to build our various different consensus protocols like Grandpa and, and the other ones. But then it's incompatible with other consensus schemes. So five years later, we're finally moving towards that direction and Celestia is making it real. Right. That's like the Cosmos and the Tendermint. We are super inspired from it and by it. And we like, as personally myself, I think we've already discussed that in the past. I've always been fascinated with like what the Cosmos SDK is doing. But I feel, yeah, that's like one of natural progression and, and move, especially now with, with Rocket is that applications and you know like rollups could directly be built and really really provide developers and builders a way to deploy their chains or to deploy their applications without going into the previous problems that we mentioned and we recently were thinking like the rocket team were sitting down and we're thinking about okay where do we think we're gonna go like what's the future and where we're headed and i think what our team agreed on a lot is that we want to be able to get applications into the hands of millions, right? And that's what like everyone here in the space is working on. Everyone is saying, okay, we want to get applications to be in the hands of everyday users. And that's true. Like everyone is part of this mission. But us specifically, that's something we're focusing on is that we want to get them in the hands of the millions, but we want to get them in the hands of the millions in the most trust minimized way. So we want if people are running applications on their phones to not trust these applications the most possible, right? And it came out because like a lot of people are in our team who are working on it, they came from like countries where the governments abuse the trust of the citizens or like they are like from a technological perspective, they are like mad with certain products or like stuff that's built that always capitalizing on the trust. So that's kind of like what we said. We want to get, you know, these light clients that could do data with something that doesn't have like this high trust assumptions into applications, into the phones of millions of people. Mm-hmm. And to get there, we need to work on like all these systems and tools that are trust minimized and that's what like while rocket is coming in as well we are moving toward like we want to have decentralized sequencers we want to have light clients that could do their availability sampling we want to make the entire stack more focused on like trust minimized assumptions as well speaking of government which government is not abusing the trust of its citizens at this very moment moment, while people are building towards decentralization there's regulators who want to kill this entire space while ushering in central bank digital currencies the question is some government are worse than others like you know like i'm originally lebanese and my parents still live in lebanon and two three years ago like the banks in lebanon suddenly declared bankruptcy like everyone's money that were in the banks suddenly disappeared so it's true, like some governments right now, they are abusing, but some governments are even more abusing. They're literally stealing people's funds. So like the move toward decentralization, like what everyone thinks about and hope, it's going to come at some point, but maybe it's not going to come because of like the abuse of the trust. Maybe it's going to come because of the abuse of regulations and putting people into smaller and smaller of a box. I'm not sure. I think we're going to see which one is going to play out first. If we're able to run like clients on our phones, Regulators can go to Google and Apple and say this application or this light node is illegal, remove it from your play source, and then they could easily attempt to stomp that out. Right. But at the same time, you could always build phones that are powered by decentralized chains, right? That doesn't rely on Apple or on Google. 
So now, yeah, we also have to solve decentralized hardware and app stores and all that. The fight is real. <laughs> We're still so early. <laughs> Or maybe, yeah, I don't know. There's, we're so early, so for sure. There's so much problems that we need to solve to get there. Yeah. But, but at least we can say always like hopeful. We're working towards something at least. Yes, absolutely. Are there any grants programs that uh, Celestia is rolling out? for pulling in something like MoveVM or alternative VMs into the ecosystem, or is that more or less happening organically through projects like Eclipse? I'm not 100% sure of that. I'm not part of the team uh, that work on these type of things. I'm more focused on RollKit. So I wouldn't like, have valuable insight on, on that side of things, I would say. Are there housekeeping items that you want to cover? Anything that you want to announce? And how can people follow you? I'm on Twitter, and yeah, we're super happy and excited to announce Rollkit, which is right now coming to life. Uh, if you didn't check out uh, Rollkit uh, stack, go to like Rollkit uh, GitHub or go to Rollkit.dev, D-E-V. We have our own website right now where you can find like the documentation and everything. And if people want to start building with Rollkit, we're going to be much more than happy to talk with you and help you get to start, and we appreciate the feedback. And something we're going to start working towards is that we are working towards roughly becoming much more of a community-driven project. And so we are really working with teams that want to contribute directly to Rocket and contribute like missing modules or stuff that Rocket doesn't have and doesn't provide yet. And we're soon going to start like um, organizing a community call where we invite everyone to jump in to see like the recent development of Rocket, Roadmap, and create this feedback loop between everyone. And so if you're interested, be on the lookout. We're going to announce something soon about roadmap and about the community calls of Rocket. And does it matter what language you program in, or does that not really matter given that you could use any VM in any language now with Rocket? Right. So like it goes back to the same as Cosmos. You know, like we don't care what the application language or logic it is as long as you are making it compatible with the ABCI, right? Wrapping the ABCI with it. The same goes for Rocket as well. Thanks for joining our podcast, Joseph. Thank you, Chang, for having me. Thanks for tuning in to Interchain FM. As always, I will read through the pages of white papers and condense only the alpha for you in a one-hour-long digest. Be sure to subscribe to Chango and Chain's YouTube channel to be up to date about the latest technology and never miss a live-streamed episode.